That's why I'm here. To be amongst a bunch of patriots uh, this evening, if you're proud to be American, let me hear it. Alright, I'll take a hoop, I'll take a holler, I'll take a whistle, I'll take an amen. But how about this? If you're proud to be a Christian, let me hear it. There we go. And they should be one and the same, amen. And uh, I'm thankful to be here this evening. I pay this with honor uh, to preach uh, for my pastor, my hero, uh, last night. Uh, but it is also added uh, honor to preach for another hero of mine, a friend. I am honored that say that, that your pastor, Pastor Bush, is he's not just a uh, mentor, a teacher, uh, but he's something very special to a friend. And uh, as a young preacher, uh, that means a lot. I'm thankful that you grow up uh, in a Christian home. Grew up uh, knowing uh, right from wrong. So that's what the Bible said. Not just what my mom and daddy said, but right from wrong. But God said right from wrong. And I'm thankful to hear about there a lot of uh, men of the faith. I'm thankful that we as patriots, we as citizens of America, we can look to, to men uh, more than in our country, men like uh, General Washington. We can look to people like President Lincoln. We can look at people like Thomas Jefferson. We can look uh, at other patriots. We can look at patriots like Lloyd Jones. I don't know who that is. Preacher of old and uh, Shubal Stearns. I think we can call upon patriots like that. I think that we can have uh, a bad heart heritage. And I can say this I'm thankful that men like Pastor Bush are part of my I'm thankful that you know, I, uh, as a young preacher, I look at what I need to be down the road uh, of this face. I'm thankful for what he stood for. I'm thankful for this church. I'm thankful for Fred Baptist Church being here tonight. And uh, let me tell you this, I don't know where I would be, and I don't know if you could say the same. I'm sure if you're a member here tonight, I know what I would be without the people When I look at my life as, as a Kentuckian, I would say, I'm like a turtle on a fence post. You look at a turtle on the fence post, one thing comes to mind. He did not get there by himself. He did not get there by himself. That's right, he won't get up there by himself. <laughs> that would be the testimony of I was to say, I can go back to testimony Nothing that I have to die about. I'm thankful I remember as a young preacher, uh, my father said, as I grab this is water. And I think it might be something different, but I'll tell you, this is water. And, uh, oh boy. Well, it's not burning a hole through the bottom. So. But, uh, but I remember as a young man, my, my daddy, when I surrendered to preach, it was uh, trying to take those next steps. Uh, he told me, he said, uh, he said, son, he said, you are a storehouse. You're a storehouse of people from that You have a debt. You owe a debt to them. He said, first, you owe a debt to God. He said, you owe a debt to God. He said, you're the Savior. He has called you to preach. He said, you owe a debt to God. He said, you owe a debt to God. Anything I've written in my life that I was not that so I'm thankful for the best people of Frederick Baptist Church, mainly to me. And I'm thankful for churches like this to become faithful. We're all a part of God's people to save for one again. So it's just like going from one family to the next. And we experienced that. We had some fried chicken this afternoon. All right, that was a blessing. You can thank Colonel Sanders, one of my beautiful people. All right, turn your Bibles. Let's get down to preaching now. It's Psalms 85. Psalms 85, as Pastor Bush said, I want to get thank Pastor dearly. And uh, as he said, uh, I'm a sister pastor of Greater Baptist Church, and my wife is a 
real assistant after the trip back to the here. Thank you that we'll be having a little one in December. And so I'm very thankful for that. And uh, I'm thankful that I'm thankful that uh, my my young one, Lord willing, will be born in a nation that I hope is still under the heart. That's going to be up to you. That's going to be up to me. Make sure that happens. After I said it last night, very much in the office, I'm going to I don't think this is all. I think that's the next generation. I pray that they will. They'll be the experience of old fashioned, blazing hot, independent. Baptist and revival on July 4th one day, but it's smoking hot, it's out there, and it's dripping wet, not because it's rainy outside, uh, but because people inside are perspiring. I'm thankful that this is now a part of my here there as well. And uh, we're going to talk about that this evening. And uh, so Psalms 85, let's look at verse number 4. We'll read down to verse number 13. The Bible says, turn us, O God. This is a this is a prayer. This is a plea. This is a cry of a man of God, and he's, and he's begging out to God from his country. He says, Turn us, O God, of our salvation, and cause thine anger for us to cease. Wilt thou be angry with us forever? Wilt thou draw out thine anger to all generations? Wilt thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice? Show us thy mercy, O Lord, and grant us thy salvation. And we will hear what God the Lord will speak. For he will speak peace unto his people and to his saints. But let them not turn again from all. Surely this salvation is not in them that fear him, that glory may dwell upon Mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Truth shall spring out of the earth, and righteousness shall look down at them. Yea, the Lord shall give that which is good, and our land shall fill the Righteousness shall go before him, and shall send us in way. Come back and put me to verse number 9 in the latter part of this verse. The Bible says that thy glory may dwell in our like the title, uh, that's the title of Let's Play Let's Play Over. I'm trying to follow the action. The Lord will be blessed in the His name was Francis Scott King. How many of y'all know who I'm talking about? I say Francis Scott King. He penned a song that I'm sure you're aware of. You've seen it. Uh, it's almost, it's in most hymnals throughout our churches. It's called the National Anthem. It's our song. It's in America. We go, however, to a ball game. We stand in our church services and we sing the words of that song. They float over our minds. That's what we realize most of us have memorized it as a child, but we've never really thought about it. I'd like to tell us this story and we'll see. Let's wait on it. See, there was a time when our colonies were engaged in a vicious conflict with the mother country, Britain, something that we celebrate today as our, our independence. But because of this conflict and the protractedness of it, they had accumulated prisoners on both sides, both the American colonies and the British. 
the American colonies had British had prisoners, and the British had prisoners, and the American government initiated a move. They went to the British and they said, let us negotiate for release of They said, we want to send a man out to discuss this with you. They were holding the American people's out And they said, this lawyer, by the name of They'll come out and negotiate to see if we can make it. On the appointed day, the rope of Francis Scott went out on this boat and he negotiated with the British. And they reached a conclusion that they could exchange Francis Scott Lee was jubilant and side overwhelmed the fact that he had successfully his mission. He went down below in the boat to look at the said, men, I've got news for you this night. You are He said, tonight I have negotiated successfully your return. He said, you'll take me out of the boat. He back up on board with joy in his heart to arrange for their captain to support the admiral of the British ship gave the seven He said, we will still honor our What this meant. He said, What do you mean? He said, Well, this night we have laid an old people in the closet. Poor people would either be like, They'll either be in, they'll either tell their arms, lay down the covers, and play. Do you think so much? He said, We're going to go through the He said, How are you going to do that? And the Admiral said, If you will, stand the lines and of the sea out yonder. And as he looked, he could see hundreds of, of little dots, as it were, on the horizon. As he looked, he could see these dots as they made their way, rolling closer and closer and closer to the He said, All of the gunpowder, all of the armament is being called upon to demolish that. They will be here within striking distance in a matter of about. Francis Scott, he said, you can't shell that fort. That's a, that's a large fort. He said, it's full of women and, and children. He says, it's, it's predominantly not a military fort. The British Admiral said, don't worry about it. We've left them away now. That flag upon the rampart. He said, we told them that if they will lower that flag, the shelling will stop immediately. Immediately, if I know that they have surrendered uh, on they told the man what was about to happen, and they said, How many ships? How many ships? Ships got closer. Francis got he went back up the top and said, Man, I will shout down to you what's going on in the launch. And as the twilight began to fall, and as the haze hung over the ocean, I said, That's a sunset, sunset. The Admiral came and he said, you people are insane. He said, what's the matter with them? He said, don't they understand that, is it, that this is an impossible situation? Francis Scott King said, you remember what George Washington once said? He said, the thing that sets up the American Christian one call is that we should die on this. 
All that he could hear was the men down below praying the prayer of God. The flagpole was at a crazy angle the next morning after the bombing and shelling had consistently and overwhelmingly persisted and the flag was still flying high on the rampart. Francis Scott Key went aboard and immediately rushed into the fort, Fort Henry, to see what had happened and what he had found. Was that the flag? And that flag had suffered repetitious direct hits, one after another. When it hit, it had fallen, but then, brothers, fathers, Although knowing that all of the British guns were trained on it, walked over and held it up. It was their bodies Oh, say, can you see? By the dawn's early light, what so proudly we hail at twilight's last gleaming, whose broad stripes and bright stars, though the perilous light or the ramparts we watched, were so gallantly streaming, and the rockets, they red glared, yes, the bombs bursting in the air, through the night. It was still there! Oh, say does that star-spangled banner yet wave for the land of the free. Oh, thus be it ever when free men shall stand between their loved home and the war's destination. Blessed with victory and peace, may the heaven-rescued land praise the power that hath made and preserved us a nation. Listen to these next two songs. Then conquer we must when our cause it is just and this be our motto, in God is our trust. And the star-spangled banner in triumph shall wave for the land of the free. Finish it with me, and the home of the brave. And I tell you tonight, that is more than an anthem. Can I tell you tonight that what our country was founded upon? It was not founded upon uh, the idea of capitalism. Can I tell you this, that the idea of our country was not uh, merely based upon export. It was not based upon import. No, my friend, our motto was from the beginning, and God is our trust. When that Mayflower came over, it wasn't so that they could start another empire. It was so that they could praise freely and openly to the God. The First Amendment of our Constitution reads as this, Word for word, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. I think what we need to remember tonight is that when we wave old glory, its colors aren't just red, white, and blue. Can I tell you this? Its colors are also black and white. This right here is old glory. This right here is our true nation's first document. And can I just say this, that the Declaration of Independence, the Bill of Rights, the Constitution, and we'll give you some examples, it is just another, it is just another testament. All it is is a reflection of old glory. Here's another hymn I think we can sing as our anthem. Onward, Christian soldiers, marching as to war, 
with the cross of Jesus going on before, Christ the royal master leads against the foe, forward into battle, seeing his banner go onward, onward Christian soldiers marching as to war with the cross of Jesus going on before, at the sign of triumph, Satan's host of fleet, oh that Christian soldiers on to victory, hell's foundations quiver at the sound of praise, brothers lift your voices loud, your anthems raise like a mighty army, moves to church of God, brothers we are treating where the saints have tried, treading where the saints have tried, we are not divided, all one body we, one in hope and doctrine, one in charity, honor that you people join our happy throng. Blend with ours your voices in the triumph of song, glory, laud, and honor unto Christ the King. Through the countless ages, men and angels sing onward, onward Christian soldiers marching out of support with the cross of Jesus going on before. Folks, I think what we need tonight is we need some patriots that aren't afraid to let old glory Wave high. Can I tell you something tonight? The world has got us on a rampart. The world has got us in its sights. And can I say this? That Satan, he has a host. He has a fleet of his ships out in our shores. They've come across. They've made their way. They've made their way through the pagan and heathen nations. And they found themselves on our shores. They found themselves in our schools. They found themselves in our workplaces. They're close. They're not a thousand yards off. They're point blank range. And can I tell you this? They got their eyes. They got their sights on old glory. And they're taking shots. They're taking it in our schools. They're trying to take it into our churches. They're taking it into our workplaces. They're taking it on the news. They're taking it on social media. And they're taking shots at old glory. But we need some patriots that'll throw themselves in the firing line. We'll put their bodies in the, in the direction and say, listen, I know what this is worth. I know what this stands for. And there's a generation coming up behind me and I'm going to I'm going to let old glory wait. But in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another, and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature hold on to your seat. And nature's God. Entitlement. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. But we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their, does it say government, that they are endowed by their political party, that they are endowed by their good nature, that they are endowed by their creator, with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine, it doesn't say armies, it doesn't say divine weapons, it says divine providence. We mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. Can I tell you this tonight? That when these men that God had used in our nation's history to establish this nation, they didn't just simply do it in a room. They didn't simply just do it uh, from their from their minds. Can I tell you this? They did it from their hearts, and they did it from their knees. If you would ever take time to read the journals of General George Washington in our first America, I think all of us as Christians find ourselves on the shore of what we For all the things that we may not this one thing. 
was no, it was no coincidence that the most famous painting of General George Washington is not that of taking uh, the uh, the uh, sign the uh, the documents of surrender. Because he knew that he strengthened it of himself. Can I tell you this tonight? There are too many patriots. There are too many Christians tonight that aren't looking for God on their knees. They're looking for help somewhere else. They're looking. They're looking for help not in the Creator. They're not looking for divine providence. No, they're looking for a divine elect. Now, I'm certainly thankful that God uses people like Daniel as elected officials to do the business of God. I'm certainly thankful that God used men in the Bible like Joseph and political avenues to do something special for God. But can I tell you this? That was the whole key. That everything they did was not to make necessarily humanity better, but it was to make if we want somebody to step into office that'll make life better, can I tell you something tonight? I'm praying that whoever steps into office, it doesn't matter who they are, that I will still give God glory. You see, America was founded not to make a rich rich that 
Sometimes we are trained to think of religious the word liberty is not something that is that is a democratic. The word liberty is something that is spiritual. We're going to talk about that this evening. Let me give you a quote from this man of history. You may or may not know him. You may or may not remember him. That we here highly resolve that these dead should not have died in vain, and that this nation, under God, shall have a new birth of freedom, and that the government of the people by the people, and for the people, shall not perish from the earth. That was our principle. Did I tell you this? There may be some things he didn't have right, but he had this right, that this nation, if it was going to be a, if it was going to be given a new chance, this nation, if it was going to be given a second opportunity, it wasn't because of his leadership, it wasn't because of his policies, it wasn't because of what he was going to bring in, no, it was going to be because this nation was going to have to be burned under God. Can I tell you this, if we're to wave old glory high, we need to see what it's all about. Let's look at uh, uh, let's look at Psalms 85, verses number 10. We'll start there. Mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Truth shall spring out of the earth. Can I say this? That when we, as Christians, will wave old glory high, or we'll be unashamed, or we'll be unafraid like those patriots on the rampart, and throw ourselves in the firing line amongst the attacks of this world and Satan and his armies. Can I tell you this? That we'll put ourselves in the hands of divine providence to do what we know we ought to do. Number one, can I say this of our nation? Truth will be our problem. Truth shall spring out of the earth. I think we can all agree that truth is a forgotten virtue in our nation. Just turn off the There's a saying I that I really reflects this point. If you don't read the news, you're going to know. And if you do read the news, you're going to say that again. No, that won't be a love lock, and that'll be a get out of here all. If you don't need, if you don't read the news, you're going to know. And if you read the news, you're See, in today's culture, truth gets in the way of the agenda. Truth gets in the way of the cause. Things like, there are more than one genders. It's naturally all the people. Naturally, all the people. Say, are there, are they, can they do it artificially? I mean, yes, they can, but it's not natural. It's not the way God intended it. If anybody ever here ever tried to raise any livestock, which, by the way, that's not a bad example, because most people believe that's where we came from. So if, if, if I can't use that illustration, then what do you, then what do you really believe? If you ever raise livestock, you know there's only two choices that's going to happen. Well, those eggs hatch, only two things that come out of those eggs. That's it. That's it. Now I can tell you this, that chicken eggs never, never hatch when you sleep with it. And that's up. You say, well, that's simple. Folks, simplicity, simplicity is made complex. Because the agenda, the agenda is more important than the truth. There's naturally only two. God made male and female, made he them. The image of God made he them. How about this, though? If we take their firearms away, there won't be any violence. Well, the violence in our country are to be the most safe. Right? 
That's supposed to be a pretty safe place. But can I tell you this? Can I tell you this? It has always been the criminal that that, that makes the crime and not change the label of what they should. I don't know what God's doing here, but see the man robs. See the man robs would be a lot of people that have their skulls still in Can I tell you this? It's not it's not a physical problem. You notice, you know, I, like I said, I grew up in about you know, uh, one day, up in heaven, I don't know why Peter is the usher for heaven, but he always is in every young Peter was escorting these folks that had just made their way to heaven uh, through the streets of gold, and they were making their way to all the sights of splendor and marvelous things. Got down, walked in this alley, and this street in heaven, and they noticed that there were some fellas in, in the gold. One of them raised his hand and said, Excuse me, excuse me. Peter said, Yes, sir. He said, I have a question. What are these men that have been doing in these cages? He said, Well, folks, them boys are from Kentucky. If you let them out, they'll get back. <laughs> Can I tell you this? Being raised in Kentucky, being raised in a, in a what you consider a stereotypical southern state, grew up very, uh, uh, very agricultural minded. Farming. My, my grandparents farmed, and my grandpa uh, he grew up uh, farming and chickens. And used to hunt for the food for my mom growing up. Things like that. Grew up. My grandfather's first farm was My grandmother's first farm was a local drug out of my mom. My grandma had three hills of Kentucky, and uh, she needed a vehicle. And it was a it was a little car, and uh, there was a fella that they named Young. And if you grow up in the South like I did, your nickname is more important than your actual name. Because I don't know what Young's name was, but the name was Young. And uh, that was his nickname. And so Young said, well, preacher, he said, I got a car down there in the hall, and I think it works. And we'll go out there and clean up and fire it up. You can have it. He said, deal. So, so he went down there and cleaned out. That was my grandmother's first one. You know what's funny? There were, not, there were no mass shootings in our country. I'm just making not making the political point of my thing, but making the reason I'm saying. You know, in those days, they went to church. They went to church. My great grandmother was a Sunday school teacher of a circuit riding church. Circuit riding church. Sunday school teacher of a circuit riding church. It was a circuit riding church. Way back up in Holland. Don't want to talk about Holland. Way back up in Holland. Way back out in the mountains up in Appalachia. She was she was out there. She lived there out in out in town in Appalachia. And so they had Sunday school. They had church in the morning. They had potluck in the afternoon. The Sunday afternoon, church, but they didn't have a church. And so about once or twice a month, the circuit rider preacher would come in and he would preach. And that was their that was their pastor. But can I tell you this, everybody? You know why is it that America is it's because we have more people. It's because we have more access to things that are harmful to us. It's because truth is no longer our problem. Truth is no longer something that we value. They say things like religion brainwashes. Well, that's so. Why is our government schools teaching reproductive education and gender fluidity? I thought that was the time to learn what. Letter A, the symbol of what's the letter A? And A stands for apples, and 
B stands for boy, and, and C stands for cat. I thought that's what we were supposed to be teaching our young people. Instead, we're trying to teach them about reproductive stages, the things that are meant to be done in the home between a mom and a dad, but it's not. But truth is not This is not a Christian nation, they say. Look on your money, say our pledge, sing our national anthem, but these are our national landmarks. Where do you come up with? In God we trust. Well, that's just any God. By our Creator? Well, who are they referring to? How about the God of Genesis 1 1 that said, In the beginning, God created? Can I ask you this? What is true? Well, turn to John chapter 4, verse number 6, and I'm going to move along here. That's my message. These are my That's my message. These are my Let's wave old glory to Oh, glory is not just red, white, blue, but it's also black and white. So what is truth? John 14, verse number 6 says, Jesus saith unto him, say it with me, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Can I say this, number one, that Christ is truth. Number one, Christ is truth. That is the first and important commodity. That is the first important thing that we must understand as Americans, as a Christian nation, as a nation that is supposed to be under God, that the number one uh, the number one product of this nation should ultimately be truth. But then what is truth, some might say? Truth is subjective. There is no such thing as absolutes. Well, what about night and day? That's absolute. That's absolute. How about dead and alive? That's absolute. You're absolutely going to die one day. One out of every one people in this room is going to die. You may, it may be today, maybe tomorrow. I'm thankful that we have one of our veterans from the Korean War. Uh, Pastor Bush told me that he is here this evening, and he's a sprightly 90 years old. Is that correct? Sprightly 91? Sprightly 91. Yes. I'm thankful that God has blessed him with long life and has honored uh, his, uh, no doubt, of obedience to his parents. Young people, can I tell you tonight, the Bible says the first commandment with promises is that if you obey and honor your parents, God will give you long life. I'm sure if we sat and talked with this veteran of ours, we find out that he didn't smart mouth and on like maybe some of us I can tell you this, that my grandfather was served in Vietnam as Agent Orange and has been dying since he was six. The doctors have no idea why he's still alive. He is in now the top uh, two, or I'm sorry, the top one percent of those that are 100 percent immune and have been soaked with Agent Orange. That's a while. There are probably only 300 men in that living in out of Agent has property, has no ankle bones in his feet, has uh, uh, property, no bones, all the way up to his thighs. Both of his shoulders are dislocated. He has a, an enlarged heart. He has type 2 diabetes. He has uh, 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 eyes and back. He's had multiple surgeries in his eyes. He's had uh, cellulitis. Just about anything he can think He's had a He's both amputated. Uh, he's, he's a mess. But he's alive. When his grandmother, when his mother, my great grandmother, was passing away slowly and slowly and slowly, he was 100% dependent upon my grandmother's health. But he said, Mama, what's When she moved into the assisted living, he didn't put her in a nursing home, he put her in the assisted living home, he wouldn't be able to see her. 
I know for a fact one of the reasons why my grandfather's life was so long ago. You know why the honor of his parents is Because Christ was true to their home. Can I tell you this tonight? One out of every one will die. Not one out of every one. I asked last night, do you believe in your soul? Notice I didn't say, do you believe in God? Because I want to know, more importantly, I want to know personally, do you believe in your soul? Can I tell you this? You have it. You have it. It's what makes you you. It's why you chose the colors of your clothes this evening. It's what gives you your, your personality and your, your little quirks that you The doctor can't cut you open, can't put you under an x-ray and find your soul. But we can see it. We can sense it. Can't you feel it? Can't you feel the soul of somebody when you're next to them? The joy there is at birth, the sorrow there is at death, uh, the, the need of companionship when all of those are great. That's the soul. So my question is, do you believe well, what's going to happen to your soul? You say you believe in your soul. What's going to happen to your soul? I said, you believe in your soul. He said, I do. I said, how important is it? You know what will happen to your soul when you believe in your soul. And I tell you this, you don't get to think that it's What happens to your soul This is just like getting all the ropes. Somebody says, Girl, then there's a lot of ropes to heaven. The Bible says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Man can say what he wants, but God can Well, I know that, there, that uh, there's many ropes to God. Well, if I get on 340 going west, I know I'll end up at my destination at the east. But you get your decision to go west. But you don't get to turn it into a decision. You have to do this. After you get to the destination, you have to do this. If you die, you have to do this. You say you're scared. I hope so. I hope so, because I hope you take it serious. Can I tell you this? My grandmother, she passed away uh, just last year, one week before my wife and I got married. She passed away exactly one week before we got married. My sister was down there with the kids, my niece and nephews. She had the whole day planned. The whole day. The whole day planned. Take the kids out. They were going to get her nails done. They were going to with my sisters. Take the kids grocery shopping. She stayed up till midnight. Talked with my sister. Told her she said, "Sweetheart," she said, it's, "She said we ought we ought to quit John and go to bed. We got a big day you say, did you see it coming? Did you see it coming in my store? I didn't. I woke up the next day, the sister, her kids came up to wake me up. I thought that she would just stick to was it until they felt that all the life was gone? Grew up together, grew up with her family. Her dad almost 
Kmart standing fast around running back to the Her dad, her two brothers, excuse me, her three brothers, Kevin, Danny, and Dan. Her mom, sister, somebody pushed and what the 18 wheeler uh, was driving down and somebody who was on their phone got this made a last minute decision the father Kevin 18 Danny 14 Mama ended up in the hospital. Sister ended up in the hospital. Didn't think they were going to live. Grandma survived. Sister survived. Grandma survived. I tell you what. Same thing with y'all. That's scary. What's scary? That baby survived. Your life, baby survived. Bible says in John 17, verse 17, let's look at it together. Did you hear that? Sanctify them through thy word, thy word is true. Here's the good news. The good news is this, that you can know for sure what will happen to your soul. Can I tell you this? There is truth. Can I tell you this? There is life. And there is a way. And his name is Jesus. And he came and he died on an old rugged cross. Why did he die on an old rugged cross? Because there was going to be a bunch of old rugged sinners. There's going to be a bunch of young people. There's going to be a bunch of old people. There's going to be a bunch of us who are sneaky, who are deceitful, who have thoughts about others that others don't know, who have things that we've done that others don't know, who though we try to be good, we try to be good because we know we're not. You know why so many people give of themselves in charity? It's because they know who they are and it makes their soul they think that if they can wash their soul by washing somebody's feet, by digging a well, by giving their money, that it will somehow rectify their soul. The Bible says you're a sinner, and just like a criminal, if I was to come, and a Stephen, uh, come up here, if I was to come, and this young man here was in my way, and I was to harm him physically, and I was to put him in a state that he will now forever uh, be in, and he will suffer for the rest of his life because of what I have done. But then I go and I assist somebody who is maybe feeble or crippled across the road, and I give them charity. Should I no longer have to pay for my crime? The answer is simple. No! That's silly. Just because you help somebody, that doesn't make Stephen better. What makes you think you'd be a good saint? Your soul. Who told you that? God said, you're still a sinner. You may try to do good, but the Bible says not a work says any man should boast. Talking to the Catholic just a couple weeks ago. The Catholic here, I'm not trying to offend you, but I'm going to ask you a question. Do you believe in Jesus? I was talking to a Catholic man, very respectful, very kind, and I said, hey, that my father grew up with him. I know it's not the same, but it, it, it's not Baptist like, like we are. And, uh, but I, I'll ask you a question. You died and made what would happen? He said, I'm going to heaven. I said, why would I do that? He said, why would I try to do that? I said, hey, I'm thankful for people uh, who want to be kind to others. And can I ask you this? I said, was he God or was he man? 
I said, me too. I said, can I ask you a question? He said, sure. I said, if, if we can get to heaven by our parents, why did God say truth? What was that all Why did God die on the cross? What was that all about? And he said, Said, if, if I can get to heaven without Jesus, then why did God send him? Why did he die on that cross? And he said, I, I don't know. Please do more than think about it. The Bible says that there is no way unto the Father but by Can I tell you this is the only thing that's true? Maybe not here, but this word is true. Turn to John chapter 1 and we'll go quickly. Please just give me just five or six more minutes now. We'll get the name of it. I'm ready to hear some preaching. John chapter 1 says this In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word. So Christ is true, and His Word is true. Here's the application. Number one, we already talked about it. We must be receivers of the truth. If we're going to be patriots, if we're going to wave all glory high, number one, we must be receivers of the truth. Our texts tell us that mercy and truth are intimate. They're bonded to one another. You see, when one finds the truth, one then lives under his mercy. Mercy is receiving that which I do not deserve. With truth comes freedom. Freedom in America have been synonyms to this world for generations. But can I tell you this? True freedom comes from when one is free from the chains of their sin and eternal punishment unto a new life that is everlasting. By, be, by being given, listen to this, a new birth of freedom through God's Son. The Bible says that Jesus said unto the Nicodemus, ye must be born again. Can I tell you tonight, if America is to have old glory waving high, it must be, as Abraham Lincoln said, given a new birth of freedom. It must be born again. Can I say this? Our nation starts with you. You must be born again. Then secondly, we must be bearers of the truth. Turn to Psalms chapter 126. Quickly, I'm going to talk like a salesman. I need you to listen like you're ready to buy. All right, Psalms 126 verse 6 says, He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. How many of you have a gospel track? Pull it out and raise it up with me. Raise it up if you have a gospel track with you. Hey, folks, that is precious seed. That is the truth. That is the way. That is the life. We must not only be receivers, but we must be, secondly, deliverers. We must be bearers of the truth. Turn to Proverbs chapter 11, verse number 26. One of my favorite soul-winning verses is found in Proverbs 11, 26. It said, He that withholdeth corn, the people shall curse him. But blessing shall be upon the head of him that sell it. In Kentucky, we love our corn. We make cakes out of it. We make bread out of it. And we even drink it. And so, I tell you this. Corn in the Bible has always represented life. When Joseph was used by God to keep the famine away, he used corn. Can I tell you this? In the, in the passage when Jesus was talking about a sower, he was talking about corn. Can I tell you this? Corn represented life. It represented bread. Can I tell you this? This right here is the bread of life. This is the precious seed. But we must be bearers. The Bible says that he that withholdeth corn, the people shall curse him. 
How many people on your block? How many people in your workplace? How many people in your family when we get to heaven's gates and they're not allowed to enter in because they didn't receive the truth? But you had it and you kept it to yourself and you hoarded it and you stored it and you never shared the gospel. And now they're going to receive eternal punishment on their soul. But you had the opportunity to share it with them. You're going to be found guilty. You mean you knew how to go to heaven and you never shared it? We must be leaders of the truth. We must be leaders of the truth. Matthew 4.4. The Bible, can I say this, is not cake for special occasions, but rather bread for kingdoms. We must be people of the Word. When was the last time you read your Bible with me? Can I tell you this? If God's people would read the Bible like they believed it, pray like He was hearing, and went to church like they needed it, and then, then witness to others like it would make a difference, we wouldn't need Dr. Phil. We wouldn't need Dr. Feel Good. We wouldn't need our pills because we would get what we needed. I move quickly. Righteousness is our protection. Righteousness is our protection. The Bible says this, Yea, the Lord shall give, uh, I'm sorry, and righteousness, verse 11, shall look down from heaven. Proverbs 14, verse 34 says, Righteousness exalted the nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. When we are at peace with God, we are at peace with God. They were asking Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? He said simply this, Love the Lord thy God, all thy heart, soul, and you love your neighbor, you never steal from them. You love your neighbor, you wouldn't cheat with his wife. You wouldn't cheat with their husband. You love your neighbor, you wouldn't try to work things or find because they have gotten away from righteousness. See, righteousness is this. As I tell our young people every Sunday, uh, excuse me, I told just a couple of Sundays ago, I said, what is righteousness? They said, righteousness is the opposite of wickedness. Well, then what is wickedness, I said. They said, wickedness is doing that which is wrong. Wickedness is sin. I asked them, what is righteousness? They said, righteousness is doing right. So then I said, then what is right? And I say, this right is truth, and truth is... God's Word. It's told glory that needs to be laid And in closing, goodness then becomes And I say this by living for God. The Bible says, Yea, the Lord shall give that which is good, and our land shall be overdue. America is not blessed for God. America is blessed because of God. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter up of my Oh, my comrades, see the signal waving in the sky. Reinforcements now appearing. Victory is nigh. Hold the fort, for I am coming. Jesus signal still. Grab your Bibles with me. Raise the answer back to heaven. By thy grace, he will. Keep it up tonight, Christian. Listen. We need some people. We need some patriots. We need some men and women of God that will wave, oh glory high, wave it in our life, wave it in our workplace, wave it in our families, wave it to the lost, folks. We need to get back to God. Because it is God that we trust. And now, 